guys, and welcome to Murder Most Gruesome. My name's Andrea. And I'm Yvonne. I've had a real drama this week. I've gone to visit a friend and was driving up the, uh, up the motorway, and I was driving up a particularly steep bit. In fact, the part that I was driving on yeah. of the M62 is actually the highest motorway. That point of it is the highest point of any motorway in the UK. So, so there's a lot of driving uphill before you go to it. And I was overtaking, there was one of these, it, it was I think it was a caravan or a trailer on a, on a lorry. Hmm. And it was like wider and they had wide loads. So oh, as I was coming yeah. up to it, the traffic was still quite busy. I don't think I've told you this part of like, and, and like I put my foot down to like accelerate. Obviously I'm going uphill. I put my foot down to accelerate past him and they were taking up two lanes of a three lane motorway. I've overtook him, come back in and the car just felt like I was losing power. In the UK, in certain parts of the UK, there are things called smart motorways and they have overhead, every so often they have overhead light, overhead th- lights that will tell you to go at a certain speed and if there's been an accident or if there's been if there's some traffic it might say go 40 miles an hour go 30 miles an hour see i never know whether they are advisory i've always taken them to be the law law because they have speed cameras after them yeah how much would it take to i don't i honestly i don't know i've often wondered this Mm. because then you're driving at the speed limit they say that's a dog coughing. They, they, you're driving at the speed limit, they say, but then people are whizzing past you. I know, but I always think that those people, because not every camera is functional at all times. Oh, they're in the know. Yeah, and, and sometimes they'll just put lines on the road, which makes you think there's a speed camera, but there isn't. Mm. So I always think the people that speed past you are the ones that travel on that road a lot. Yeah. They know the roads. Yeah, I've always thought that, and I've thought, you've gone past me. But so, but as part of the smart motorways, because they've got cameras watching every part of it, and there's a there's a control room with all the TV screens in. They've taken away the hard shoulder, so if you break down or if your car stops, there is no where to go out of a live traffic lane. And the the theory behind it is that these people are watching these cameras all the time. Shut down the lanes, so on these these lights above every live so often boards. on these live bars it'll say this lane closed move into the next lane but of course you've got that that time where it takes the person to react to put that into yeah. place for it to obviously the boards aren't constant so for the, the for people to hit for the boards mm. to take effect so all in all that time there is still live traffic going down your lane and a lot of people have complained about these and a lot of people have been um, killed. I know at least 32 people, and that was quite, um, that was a couple of years ago because there was a lady whose husband had broken down and he'd, he'd got stranded in, in the live lane. There was nowhere else to get out of the traffic's way and he got hit by another car coming up behind him and he was killed. And she actually, she wrote a petition or, I'm not quite sure of the case, I will actually look it mm. up and on our next episode give more detail about it. She, she'd actually went down to the house, I think at the House of Parliament or Downing, Downing Street. Street and she had 32 coffins delivered as well. She took 32 coffins with her because 32 people had died on live motorways 
because they had broken down and had not been able to get out of their car or get to a place of safety before the car in front behind hit them and some people can be traveling quite close behind you oh, it can take it can. a i'm traveling down a part of the motorway where these live motorways are in operation and my power starts going and the car's making a funny noise we still going uphill i think i'd crested it at that point right i think i'd crest just at that point and i'm thinking this doesn't sound good i think i don't want to like stopping a live lane no and i'm like i hope that it might just heal itself <laughs> stop making a noise and i could just carry on self uh, do you know what i want a self-healing car <laughs> yeah but it wasn't to, to be the case and i started to realize it is really losing power it's going everything's going and as luck would have it i was going i was just coming up to an exit yeah so i was able to get off the exit and as i was going that as I was going down, the momentum took me down and I got onto the hard shoulder of the exit, mm. but uh, of the exit ramp. But if I'd broken down there, I might have been in trouble. Mm. And so I'm parked up. Um, I had to call AA and they, they do this live tracking. You, you can see where they are at all times. You, you're, he's now been dispatched. He's so, it, you, you know, he will be with you at this time. Every time I checked on it, the it the time would get later and I was sat by the side of like on this slip road on the on the grass this exit ramp I suppose you'd call it in America for two hours and do you know what three people actually stopped and asked if I was okay women they were women. all women women okay. one woman actually says do you need pulled up and she goes come back round because we thought you might need a hug oh. and I said I do actually and then a woman who was driving a like a snack truck I think it, you could open it up you could do burgers yeah, yeah, you know yeah. one of those you see them at fairgrounds and and she actually stopped and she said would you like a drink oh. and I said oh you're all right thank you because I thought if I have a drink, I'm, that, that's going to be another whole other problem. <laughs> if I start drinking and I don't know when I'm going to be able to use the toilet. So the AA eventually arrive and he said, right, there's no fixing this at the side of the road. We're going to have to tow you. I'd only got um, towing 10 miles on my... Cause, and I, was, I was about 35, 40 miles away from home. So I get towed to this local garage and I actually asked to use their toilets. You had to come and get me didn't you Andrea? I did I luckily like you'd broken down and I was like my work where I, I was at work that yeah. day and it's like halfway between where we live and where you were yeah so it didn't take me that long to but it was it was just a comedy of errors it's just one of those days when you think it's just not gonna get any easier the AA bloke he said oh we don't the the route the thing that we can tow you with it's got a flat tire so you're gonna have to i'm gonna have to put this metal bar tow you by a metal bar and every time i break you break and when i steer you steer and sign here to say that you know what you're doing oh and i was like <laughs> well i don't really know what i'm doing but thank you so we did that and it, it, it went really really well so we got just to the, the garage and everything just went like it just swung out to the side and he stopped the car at the van and he got out and i said Look, that all the power's gone it's because the battery had gone so it just shut down everything yeah. at that point steering braking so we ended up having to push the car about, it's a big car isn't yeah it? it's a big car big volvo estate or was a big volvo estate poor thing it's it's passed away now you know it's it's unfixable it's driven its last it's driven its last miles it did mm. not self-heal no shocking 
So, and that was really upsetting because I had that car 10 years and I loved it. No, you but did yeah, upset out, yeah. The, 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 the day ended, well, didn't it end of the even there, but with us pushing the car, I had to push and he had to like push and steer till we got to the, um, got to the garage. garage. And then you picked me up and then when we were coming home, there were like a dog. Somebody had like, you must oh, have like run Jeff. up up an embankment from like a housing estate off the motorway because people were at the side of the road doing that slow down movement where they got yeah. put their hands up and down and somebody had actually they were they were a dead dog and i just thought this day is not ending it's no. just getting started bad and it's got worse can you imagine we're dog people aren't we yeah we are dog people and We've that got quite was, a few you dreams. didn't actually see it because you were driving oh, i did did you see it yeah. oh it was awful it, that was awful, and that was just a bad end to a bad day. Yeah. Anyway, so we shall get on with what you're, you've come here to listen to. We're going to do um, our podcast today. Andrew, would you like to explain what we're doing? Yeah, not the last episode we did, but the one before. Yvonne did a podcast on unidentified remains in the UK. Yeah. And what she's done today, or what we're going to do today. We've had lots of lots of interest, lots yeah, of comments. Yeah, we've had lots you know, of people It's been a very it. popular one. We're going to do the same, but for unidentified cases of cases of unidentified remains in America. Yeah, for our uh, American listeners, thank you. It's got quite a few American quite a few. Yep. So, we so thank you very we'll do much one for you guys. So, the first case we're looking at is Miss X. So, do you want to do this yep. one if I'm? I'll do this one. It's not a very nice one this one. It's it's Miss X is an unidentified murdered, well, a deceased woman uh, whose body was found in March um, 1967, and she was found near the towns of Bear, Wilmington, Glasgow, and Glasgow, Delaware. Now, originally, investigators thought she died during or as a result of an abortion attempt, which that at that time in that part of America was illegal. Right. To have an abortion. Obviously, they took her for a post mortem, and when they looked at her in more depths. They determined that she and her unborn child died of sepsis. Okay. So that's blood poison, isn't it? Sepsis. It is, yeah. it's, it's infection in the blood, blood poisoning. Foul play is actually suspected due to the circumstances of how her body was discovered and the manner of death is listed on her birth a death certificate as a homicide. Right, okay. So that is the official ruling. On January 25th, 2023, so there's been a recent, bearing in mind the found body in 1967, Doe Network page was marked as identified, that her remains had been actually identified. Doe as in Jane Doe. Yeah, so DOE. Now, the Doe Network is it's a non-profit organisation um, run by volunteers and they work with law enforcement to connect like John Doe or Jane Doe cases. And they actually have a website about all the cold cases and unidentified people. And they they work act, actively work with police to match these missing people, missing persons with... People Obviously, remains got, yeah. remains that they found are people that have been found dead. Now, her identifi- identity was leaked on the Doe Network's Twitter account, and she was named as Patrona Patra, which I suppose would be her nickname. Pat Mo- Moy, Moy, P A T M I O S, Pat Moy. Pat Moy, so, yeah. A missing woman of Greek descent, 
uh, from New Jersey, but this has not yet been confirmed by law enforcement. Right, okay. So, Miss X's body was found on the side of Porter Road on March the 18th, 1967. Now, she was only wearing a pair of blue bikini-like underwear, and somebody had cut the uh, manufacturer's label out of them. Yeah, which is it i don't know sometimes i've taken if they were it says bikini light i don't know i've never would it i've sometimes cut labels out if they've they've irritated me but yeah only if they irritate because sometimes you get those right scratchy ones you do so whether that had been done to stop to stop her being traced or whether that had just been done by her in life because it was a pair of pants or a bit of a pair of bikini bottoms that she liked but it yeah, was yeah. itchy you know? Now, a red ribbon like tied her hair back from her face, and oh, her legs were encased in a whitish coloured canvas laundry bag. And this bag had bag O storage, American laundry, dry cleaning, EX4 5277 printed on it. Okay. Now, it's not clear if she was associated with the establishment. I would assume that they'd done those checks. It's pretty. Yeah, that would yeah. be something that they could be, yeah, you track miss down. That, would it? Would you? Now it is believed that she actually died in a completely different location to where she was found. She was she, she was dumped there after her death. Physically, Miss X, she was five feet two inches, which is about one hundred and fifty-seven centimeters tall. She weighed roughly one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen pounds. And she she had a large bra size estimated at thirty four double D, which I'm bigger than that, so that makes me. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was like, nah, nah. but <laughs> no, they've they've put that out there. She, that's a bra size. So nothing has ever when you die, nothing's ever kept discreet, is it? I know. She, now she had dark curly hair and brown eyes, and some people have actually thought she might have been either Southern European origin, maybe from Greece or Italy. And some people have also said she might be of Jewish descent. Okay. Now, her body had no marks, piercings or um, tattoos, other than a vaccination scar on her upper left uh, upper left leg. Yeah. Her blood type was O. Her ear, yeah, she did have her ears pierced, but she's not, she's not, apparently she's not worn earrings in them recently. Now, her teeth were well cared for. There was some evidence that she'd been to a dentist because there was some tooth repair done. They thought that, I mean, it might have been about six months before her death. Now, her age, they originally estimated was between 18 and 21, but it's now been widened to 16 to 25 years. Okay. When they've started investigating this, detectives have focused primarily on identifying her, so identifying Miss X, instead of actually finding the individuals who disposed of her body or may have been involved in her death. Now, because of this significant amount of time that's passed, investigators say that the suspects would, would either be dead or elderly by right, this point. Okay. So it's 1967. I mean, that is 11 years before I was born and I'm 45. So, she, I mean, if she should have lived, you know, how old would she have been if she was 20? Right. Let's take the middle of that. If she was 20 in 1967, she'd be in a... Well, my mum was 55 mm. she was in her 70s. So yeah, yeah. she'd be in her late 70s. Early 80s. 
Maybe, yeah. The laundry bag that was... So this laundry bag that was found at the scene, that was traced to a company known as American Laundry and that operated in Trenton, New Jersey. Now, when they were when they were investigated, when they were asked about the victim, members of the owner's family said that they actually remembered a young woman matching her description who I who either lived nearby or was a customer, so they'd seen her there, yeah. here and there. But I've got laundry bags from places like dry cleaning bags, and um, mm. my, my our cousin lives down in like down south near London. She passes clothes up for her from her daughter, and been, she's done that in a couple of laundry bags. Yeah. So they get they get reused again because they're very handy. Now an anonymous caller rang and told police that he brought a woman's body from the state of Washington to Delaware. Uh, little information about this tip has ever been published, so there's not much in the source that I've looked at that talk about anything else about what was said in this phone call. It's always been regarded as questionable as a lead, as she was deceased for less than 24 hours. So before she was found, she'd only been she'd less than 24 hours before she had died. And that it would have taken a considerable amount of time time to actually transport the body from the, those distances from Washington to to New Jersey. She's buried in Bolden Boulevard, Potter's Field. Okay. So that's where she's buried. So she's still she's still buried there. Now the case was re-examined in 2011 when they got a vial of her blood and her hair ribbon was found in an evidence container. Now her DNA that did it and the link the linked her maternally to people in Virginia and North Carolina. However, when police contacted them and interviewed them and, and talked to them, these in, these people told investigators that they didn't know, they had no idea who she was. Wow. So I thought that was unusual, but then I think, well, my partner never knew his dad. No. And so he could be linked paternally to people that don't even know he exists. So, but I would have thought if it was maternally, maybe I might be more closer. Mm. I suppose it'd be easier for yeah. a man to go off and have a child and and his family. He could father a child from a one-night stand and nobody would know. But a woman is pregnant for nine months and has a baby. People are more likely to know a woman's having a baby than a man. Yeah. I thought that at first and thought, come close there. They're very close to mm. finding out, you know, who, who she's connected to. But... You don't know all your family either, do you? No, you don't. And especially, I mean, we don't. We don't how, even have a big how family. How closely we... linked as well? Sorry, we don't even. We don't have a big family, do we? And we don't even know everybody in our family. No, no. And there's people up in Scotland. Yeah. And I could walk past them on the street. I and wouldn't not know. Even, yeah. I wouldn't know if they were married now. If they've got kids now. And I think when the older people from your family die like your grandparents you lose that knowledge you lose that knowledge they might be a bit more connected because they maybe like be brothers or sisters with their or cousins, their cousins. Might, yeah so early in the investigation a sketch of miss x was released to the public um in 2013 the the national center for missing exploited children actually reconstructed her face with a much more precise and detailed method so i'm going to 
I'm going to put that on our Facebook okay. for you to see. It hasn't been released. Although it was updated, police haven't confirmed that. So I don't want to be saying it's this person because that's not for me to say. It's no. a, it is a, a murder inquiry. I would have thought if they could put a name to the face, then they would have done so. Yeah. Um, the information is probably out there, but it isn't for me to say. Okay. So that concludes that case. Now you're going to do our next case, aren't you, Andrea? The next case we're going to look at is Little Miss Lake Panasofsky, or Little Miss Panasofsky is the name given to the unidentified young woman found murdered on the February, February 19th, 1971 in Lake Panasofsky, Florida. And I'm so, so sorry. I'm sure I'm pronouncing yeah. that wrong. And apologies, which is it's in the hard United States. It's when you've States. never heard them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you just don't know. I know we're from the UK. Sometimes names that are from different countries, we don't always get them right. And they're not always pr- pronounced how they're spelled either. No. And I'm, I think I'm trying to do it phonetically. So if it's not phonetically, apologies. So she's remained unidentified for 52 years. Wow. So a long, long, a time. long time. It's so sad as well. Yep. So the murder remains unsolved. And this is despite forensic reconstruction other victims face like we were talking in yep. the previous so we'll case. So put that one on as well. Yeah. And this was done in 1971 and in 2012 and the case was featured on a television show which was called Unsolved Mysteries in an episode that premiered on October the 14th 1992. Right. A reasonable amount of time ago. Yeah. On the February the 19th 1971, two teenage hitchhikers discovered the partially submerged figure floating beneath a highway overpass in Lake Panasofsky, Florida. And the woman was dressed in a green shirt, green plaid pants and a green floral poncho. Also found were a gold white watch, white gold watch, apologies, and a gold necklace. And on her ring finger, there was a gold ring with a transparent stone indicating that she might have been married. Right. Okay. So you would expect that somebody who they suspect might have been married, mm-hmm. yeah. you think that somebody would miss her. Definitely. And I think with a few of these cases, there is going to be jewellery that they're found wearing or items are found wearing that we will act, we will also put on the Facebook page so you can see. Yeah. So when they found um, the woman's body, she'd been murdered. So Dr. William Schutze um, said that she'd been dead approximately 30 days before she was discovered. Okay. And a man's size 36 belt was oh. fastened around her neck. And this obviously strongly indicated strangulation Did as her cause of death. <laughs> <laughs> she had a belt around her neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd hope that that would that, that's a big clue, isn't it? Yeah, you're not going to go and look at that and think. Wonder what she died of. Wonder what she died of. So the body was exhumed in February 1986 for further forensic evidence, right? For examination to find any further evidence, and the woman was determined to have been between around 17 and 25 years of age when she died, and she weighed about 115 pounds. So that's not a lot, isn't it? You talk, that's no. slim. No, she's quite petite though, isn't yeah. she? So she's five foot five inches. Right. So she had brown hair and prominent cheekbones and she was between five feet two inches and five feet five inches right. in height. And she'd received extensive dental work, including numerous silver fillings and a porcelain crown on one of her upper right teeth. I mean that is something they do use to tell whether 
we've done cases where they've been able to tell that teeth weren't they weren't looked after when they were young but then they've had ex good ex good and expensive dental work done and that sounds like that falls into that category she's been looking after her teeth yeah she obviously is i don't know in america and i mean we we pay for the dentist here but it's subsidized by the nhs yeah. um but in um in America they are it's very expensive dental mm. dental work so it's not someone who's poor extensive dental work silver fillings and porcelain crowns yeah now it was determined that she had a couple of children before her death and when they examined her one of her ribs had been fractured at the time of the death right and this led um, investigators to believe that the person who had murdered her had actually like knelt on her chest <sighs> when he was strangling her. So they believe that she was either of European or Native American ancestry. And a further examination from the exhumation conducted in 2012 established that she was actually of European descent. And an examination of Harris lines in the victim's bones indicated, oh. which I don't know anything about Harris right. lines, indicated that she had an illness or malnutrition had briefly arrested her growth in childhood. So she was petite and this is because right. her growth had been slowed or stunted wow. as she, when she Isn't was a child. Isn't it interesting what they can find out? I thought, actually, though, when you were going to say that, that those are lines of... There's things that can tell, like, how many kids you've had because you have something on your pelvis, isn't it? There's lumps or there's something. I can't quite remember it. I'll, I'll look it up. But And they can tell how many times you've actually carried a... Maybe not necessarily given birth, but carried children. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, examining the lead isotopes in the victim's teeth, a geological scientist deducted that the victim had undoubtedly spent her childhood and adolescence in southern Europe, which was close to the sea, and most likely south of Greek city of Athens. Wow. Until within a year of her murder. Right. So, she'd, she'd been in, like, southern in Greece... Up until, Up until a year before she yeah. was murdered. Maybe she'd been visiting or hitchhiking or... Yeah, maybe she'd fled. Yeah. Someone. Right. So the geological scientist, George Kamenov, pinpointed the most likely place as the fishing port of Lorium, Greece. Wow, isn't that... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's but like... it hasn't helped, has it? No, no. You'd have thought that, that that would be a massive clue. Yeah. You'd go to there, you'd say, you'd look at who were missing, who was, who'd was, who been born there and who... But obviously that's not been much help in the investigation. No. Now, given that there's a Greek, a large Greek-American population in Tarpon Springs, which is around about 117 kilometres or 73 miles from Lake Panaskoff... Panaskoff... Thank you. Um, and that the victim, and also that she'd been dead for about 30 days, it was likely that she lived in Greece, and it's possible, likely that she lived in Greece, it was possible that she'd travelled to the United States to attend an Epiphany oh, celebration. Right. Now, forensic examination of her hair supported the theory that she'd been visiting temporarily, and this was indicated by the fact that she'd been in Florida for less than two months before her death. Right, from her hair, wow. So that's quite that is quite particular, isn't it? Someone who's lived in Greece, travelled to um, America in the last into to Florida in the last two months. You would yeah. have thought that they could trace flights. Flights, or, yeah, yeah. 
some whoever's coming to because they all have visas, won't they? Coming into America if yeah. they've travelled from Europe. Yes. So you know, passports, passport mm, control. Though it was, and, yeah. it was, it wasn't what it is now. It's supposed it's all computerized. Yeah, yeah. You forget, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. That what wasn't around then that is today. Even then, in nineteen sixty-seven, was it? Yeah. That they would have a, even if it was just a handwritten list of who was coming in and out of the country. Something to check it against. Yeah. So an orthopaedic surgery procedure known as the Watson Jones technique had actually been performed on her right ankle when she was around about 16 years of age. And this operation would have involved stretching the tendon by screws drilled into the bone, which would most likely have been performed to rectify a chronic instability, which you'd have seen the victim sprain her ankle several times before the operation. Periostitis was found on her... I don't think I've said it right, but I think I was done better that time, found in her right leg, which may have been noticeably uncomfortable from for the victim. Right. A further development with this case occurred when it was featured on a Greek crime show where a woman came forward to say that she believed that facial reconstruction looked like a girl she knew. And this girl was called Constantina and that she and Constantina had attended a prep school in Greece together where they'd trained to be domestic help. After finishing the course, the school sent their students abroad to Australia or the United States as part of a two-year work contract. Now, the school was funded by an international organisation for migration, and this woman had lost contact contact with Constantina Constantina, when they had been separated. And Constantina was sent to the United States, and the woman was sent to Australia. Constantina had arrived in the United States exactly the same time as the forensic testing indicated the victim had. Right. Now, a collection of forensic facial reconstructions were made in the 1980s to show what little Miss Lake Panaskovsky may have looked like at stages in her life. And in 2012, another composite was was created. Right. Visually different from the first. Mm -hmm. The composite was combined with a scale model of the victim's clothing also. Right. So still remain. So if we put that on the yeah, well, so we'll put the the photos that they referred to. We'll put those on our our on our Facebook page, and hopefully we will. It, it sounds quite interesting what they were saying about the the being sent on that work contract. But obviously, it hasn't been. I it mean, ties in, doesn't it? It does tie in. But obviously, there's there's been something that stopped them formally naming them. Yeah. Because there are some in here that actually there was there's there's two that have been formally named after such a long time and they've actually formally named them recently. Our next case is Perry County Jane Doe. Now she was also referred to as girl with the turquoise jewellery because she was found wearing some turquoise jewellery and again I'll post photos of those. Now, she is an unidentified woman whose body was found on the 20th of June, 1979, so about 46 years ago now, um, in Watts Township, Perry County, Pennsylvania, near the Juanita River, Juanita River. Now, the cause of her death is not known, so they couldn't find out what she died from, but they considered it to be suspicious to the authorities and her name's still not known um, and this is despite efforts made to identify her. Now she is actually the only unidentified, dead, well, only unidentified remains person who, that they can't unidentify in the county. 
Right. Which, when you consider some of these counties and some of these states can be bigger than England, um, that's you know a that's lot. quite that's a, quite a good record. When uh, when she was found, uh, she was badly decomposed, and a stonemason actually found her alongside a river. Uh, near the highway in in so it was in Perry County, Pennsylvania, near Watts Township. Now the remains were mostly skeletonized, and the estimated time of death was months before, perhaps as early as autumn of nineteen seventy eight. Right, which would make you think that that's why they can't identify what killed her. Yeah, but there must have been something suspicious. Yes, there must have been something suspicious. Obviously, they have, they have suspicions. I mean, people don't just generally lay down and die by the side of a river. She's believed to have been between 15 and 30 years old. So that's quite a big range, range there when when she died. And she may, although she may have been as old as 38. So she was white. She had straight or possibly curly shoulder length blonde or light brown hair she was between five foot two inches and five foot nine inches so again that's quite a big height range and weighed between 105 to 125 pounds so she again this is another dentist uh, area dental area she received dental care during her life as um, a back tooth had been removed four to five years prior to her death now she'd also had teeth fillings or um teeth fillings now one tooth which was a molar had not actually yet erupted come through um that's why they think she might be younger yeah my those but i've got quite an interesting story about this you're well in your eyes you've heard this so many times molars come through about you thinking of wisdom teeth oh no i am thinking of wisdom teeth molars are just the ones at the back oh right so but the interesting thing about me is interesting. I, it is interesting. <laughs> I had, uh, I got to about thirty year old. My moles, my wisdom teeth had come through, and I actually between um, I actually grew to um, wisdom teeth on my top to extra wisdom teeth when I was in my thirties, mm. and there weren't. They did an X ray. The dentist every so often, every so many five years, does an X ray of your mouth. And they weren't just waiting back there. They completely sprouted up. They weren't just waiting at the back. They sprouted up. Did you have like... you... No, did you have your other wisdom teeth as well? Like Yeah, I had all my wisdom teeth through. And you had two up in your jar? No. They were just nothing. Oh, right, you'd had them removed? No. Okay. They'd come through. My wisdom teeth had come through. Okay. And then I think it took an x-ray of my mouth when I was about 30. Yep. So all my teeth are there. There's none like lurking in the back waiting to come through. And then when I was 35, I had, I didn't go to the dentist. You know, I don't like the dentist. I'd left it five years and I went because they had pains in the top of my teeth. I thought I'd got a hole in my back with some teeth. And he opened up my mouth and went, Ugh! I went, what? He says, you've grown two wisdom teeth. I was like, no, no, uh, you know, no, mate. My wisdom teeth have come through. And he's like, no, you've grown two more. I'm like, what? So two more have come out. At, so you had two sets of, two yeah. pairs of wisdom teeth. Well, yeah, pair, one on one side, one on the other on top of my jar. Right. So I've got my wisdom teeth and I've got an extra two wisdom teeth because okay. I'm so lucky and I'm full of wisdom. Okay. I actually asked him if it was lucky and he said, no, they're not lucky. He what says, in he fact, know? That, how does he know? I know. He says it? if you ever if if you if we have if you ever have a like a fill you know a hole in them we're gonna have to go through your face 
because you oh. couldn't get to, you wouldn't be able to get to it through your jar set. Don't think oh it's my god! Like, no, no, just have them taken out. Yeah, but through my face. Uh, right. Okay. So no. No. So she reckons she's a medical medical marvel. I, do but think I just I'm think that just puts them at risk. Do you know what? When um, when they can splice DNA, I can grow teeth like randomly. Then you know, I'll be rich. They can splice DNA. They're not making any dust, sweetie. No. Okay, well, maybe they don't know. Maybe this is like the beginning. <laughs> anyway, back to, um, no, it's a bit of a moment of levity there, but it is, it is a sad subject, this. One of her teeth, so one of her teeth hadn't come through yet. Her teeth showed no evidence of crowding. So there was no, like, they'd not been pushing each other um, out. Now, despite that, her teeth appeared to have had some dental work and it's not known if she ever had braces. Okay. So if there wasn't any crown, uh, crowding, they might have taken teeth out and had braces to push the mm. teeth back in line. Now, Perry County Jane Doe uh, she, uh, wore, wore several pieces of jewellery. Now, she was wearing two sterling silver rings with turquoise stones. Now, one of which also contained... Oinks. Oinks. Pieces. Oinks. 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 I don't know. So... Perry County Jane Doe wore quite a few pieces of jewellery. Now, she was wearing two rings and uh, they both had turquoise stones. And one of these also contained other stones, pieces of other stones. And she also had a chain bracelet on her right arm and turquoise necklace and earrings. Now, the jewellery that this light led authorities to believe that she had ties to Arizona, New Mexico, or a similar region. Right, okay. She was wearing a tan jacket, now white boots with silver buckles, uh, green and white socks, and blue trousers. Now, the trousers were described as having been made from knitted wool, which contained strands of red thread, and she was wearing two tops, um, one of which was a white t-shirt and, and also a blue tank top as well. Right. She had been, the, they discovered she'd been buried shortly after her discovery, but no. The victim was, they must have done the post-mortem and then they buried her shortly after she was discovered, but they exhumed her back in 2008 because they'd reopened a case. Okay. Now, her DNA and dental records were recorded and are on file. Now, because obviously the condition of her remains, they were unable to get fingerprints and they didn't really know the cause of death. Um, when they looked at her teeth, she had, she had had three teeth extracted. They thought, uh, initial examination of her teeth indicated that she'd, got, she'd had three taken out, but this was later disproved. Now, despite the fact that these characteristics have been entered into the national database, there have been no no matches with missing persons. Right. Because they do get a lot, they do match a lot with dental records, which they is do. why there's a lot of dental, us talking about dental records. Yeah. They have their um, x-rays, you have x-rays taken, mm -hmm. and everybody's bite mark is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. And it's individual. Look at me and my, like, plethora of wisdom teeth. Exactly. And, whereas... and that would be probably, this is really um, a bit dark, but that is probably something you would say Maybe. in a missing person's file. Yeah, that yeah. I had two extra wisdom teeth, one, one either side of my mouth. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, 
everybody's DNA is individual, everybody's mm-hmm. fingerprints are individual, that they're not always on record, but dental records, yeah. if somebody goes to the dentist, which most people do, they are they are on record, aren't they? They are, but it's finding them, I suppose. been about 60 possible identities for her, but they've all been ruled out. Now, her face was reconstructed twice by professionals, so a sketch by Barbara Martin Bailey was drawn in 2009 and the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children created a 3D rendering um, by digitally adding layers of muscle and skin to a CT scan of her skull, which was released in 2013 and a revised image was later re- released in 2018. So it really sounds like they've tried the mm. best. Again, we'll put those photos on. On to Andrea for our next case. So thank you, Van. So our last case is the Vernon County Jane Doe. And she is an American murder victim. And her body was found on May the 4th, 1984. As with all our other cases today, her identity, identity remains unknown. Her hands had been removed. And this was likely to prevent her identification. by means of uh, fingerprints. The case has been heavily investigated since discovery of the body and there's been no progress made towards finding her identity or her actual murderer. And I think that's the thing to remember with these cases as well. It's not only sad, it's so sad that these people haven't been returned to the families or the families don't know what's happened to them, but there's someone out there who has done this and gotten away with it. Yeah. I think it's harder in this day and age. There's cameras absolutely yeah. everywhere, isn't there? So when you're looking at discovery of um, unidentified remains, it's generally years and years ago. Yeah. Because today it's it's so much harder, I think, to get away Just with murder. To, for people to disappear as well. Yeah. With bank cards <clears throat> and phone pingings and things yeah. like that. So her body was found near the town of Westbury, Wisconsin, at about 11.15pm on the 4th of May. And this is, she was found by three teenagers within 24 to 48 hours after her death. Right, so not long then. So no, not long between her actually dying or being murdered and, and her being found. found. So there was extensive damage to her head. And this, get, this left her face oh. unrecognisable. That's awful. Isn't Can you it? imagine? Yeah. To be beaten, they say beaten unrecognisable, don't they? Yeah. And that's what he's done. She was unrecognisable until mortuary procedures were conducted. And after the case was broadcast on the news, a couple stated that they'd, been, they'd seen a suspicious man near that location. And he was returning to his driver's seat of his yellow car, believed to be a 1982 Datsun. Mm. And when the police went to spot, to the spot, sorry, they found the tyre tracks from a hasty U-turn. So right. obviously it should be if this was the person yeah. who'd left her, he'd basically dumped her like trash, which is just yeah. disgusting. And beaten a lot though, doesn't it? Yeah, and beaten a hasty retreat. A broken denture, blood and a man's watch were found near where she was found, and because of this evidence it's believed that she was killed at another edge location alongside the same road and that her body was then taken to the location where she was found. Right, a denture then was belonging to her then. I think it's so. false teeth, isn't it, a denture? Yeah. So the victim, she'd been murdered and she'd suffered blunt force trauma to her face, to her head, face and head, which had broken her jaw 
an eye socket and a pair of dentures that she was wearing. And there was also a sharp force trauma to the left side of her head, near, near her ear, and her hands had been removed again, like we said before. Because of fingerprinting. Because of fingerprinting. Vernon County Jane Doe was a white woman between the ages of 50 and 65 years. Oh, that years. makes more sense with the dentures, doesn't it? You imagine them to be younger women for some reason. And she had grey and brown hair, presumed to have been done in a perm, which was yeah, all the rage. All the rage then. With well, it wasn't in the UK. Mm. She was 5 feet 5 inches. She was, sorry, she was 5 feet 5 inches to 5 feet 6 inches, which is approximately 170 centimetres. And she didn't appear to be have any unique features. So she weighed about 150 pounds and she'd worn dentures and probably these were found, um, probably these were those that were found on a yeah, on a body. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. The dentures, um, missing two teeth, had been, had both raised and indented numbers upon them, believed to be serial numbers. And, but despite this, inve- investigators have stated that serial numbers for the given product had not been assigned to specific recipients. So right. they, they have serial numbers, well, but non-matching them to where they went. They might say, this person's got this setting, right? Yeah. And if they had, then obviously they'd have been able to identify her. You would think though, that, like... I, my understanding of dentures is that they measure your face, your jaw, your whatever, and they're the made to measure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Right, okay. But if there's nothing identifying that those measurements on an official database... No. You just don't know, dear. Do I don't know enough about no, it. No, I don't. But they are made to your mouth, aren't they? You have to do impressions. I remember when I grandma had to force it. It's a big, it's a long process. Yeah. They have to fit oh. into your mouth. My grandma had some problems Ooh. getting hers sorted, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. Vernon County Jane Doe was found wearing a multicoloured coat, a black dress which was printed white, black and white paisley pattern on it, a blue turtleneck sweater, and nylon stockings. The brand labels of the clothing had been removed and there was a st- distinctive buttons on her clothes, those which had unique stitching. Right. Over 4,000 leads have surfaced for this case and one recently been the arrest of multiple persons who fraudulently used checks from a missing Amherst, Wisconsin woman who disappeared around the same time as Jane Doe was found. Right. Now, despite the possible links to Amherst, the police believe that she did not reside in the area where she was found and seven missing women have been ruled out as possible identities to this woman. Right. Authorities have used media media, uh, multiple times trying to find the identity of this woman and in 2012, officials pushed the case to reach areas of both Minnesota and Wisconsin that were linked to Highway 14. The case was broadcast in a three-day news special titled as Catching Her Killer, Justice for Jane Doe to uncover new leads in 2013 but no leads. Nothing's happened so far. Nothing's proved to be that useful in finding her identity. Now, she was interred in Veroca, Qua cemetery and her headstone bears the words Jane Doe and the date and the discovery of her body. That always saddens me that there's been been denied um, a proper burial by whatever religion they were part of if if any it's just it's like something else they've taken away from that person. Yeah it's so sad isn't it. Now on August the 12th 2015 her body was actually exhumed 
and it was sent to a crime lab in Madison, Wisconsin, and they were testing it in hopes of identifying it. The body was returned and buried the next day, and the DNA that was harvested um, was processed by the University of North Texas. A new forensic facial reconstruction of the reconstruction of the victim was released in December 2015 by a university in Arizona that created a likeness based on physical characteristics of the woman's skull. Right. So I would imagine it's like you talked about previously, that building muscles, of those facial yeah. muscles. Yeah. Um, in line with what the shape of the skull. And the rendering was completed by forensic artist Cataliana. Kata, Katiana. Katiana Falsetti, whose husband was also working on the case at the university. So again, they've done a lot to try and yeah. find the identity. They have tried there. Yeah, and they've even tested the pollen which was present on her clothing in 2018. So, And this indicated that she may have originated from Arizona or New Mexico. Right. Authorities would later seek assistance from the DNA Doe, DNA Doe project, which you talked about earlier. Yeah in hopes to identify the victim. And in June 28, 2023, DNA Doe Project, can't say that right. No, it's a lot of... It's... Announced on their webpage about the victim and that she is now being investigated by another forensic genetic genealogy service. And so far, this is... The provider is not... Not given a name. No. We're going to make this two parts, guys, because it's... it's We've got a couple more. We've got a we... couple more. And the next, the one we're going to do next time have actually only been just recently named. So they were unidentified for a very long time and I've put them in because it's still, it's an interesting case and they have now been they have now been identified. But I just thought that might be quite an interesting case to cover. So that's mm. in part two. We'll do two parts of these because... We just, you know, the chunk of time it's taken us, we thought we might split it into two parts. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, uh, we're just going to go through our media. So please like us, follow us on Facebook, and that's Murder Most Gruesome Podcast. I'll put all the photos, uh, the artistic renderings, all these, these computer-generated likenesses yep. they'll be on there the pictures of the clothes or the jewelry that were found with them i'll put on there too and it obviously as goes without saying if anyone has any information please contact the relevant authorities if you think you know who it is or have a suspicion contact them there's dna now and yep. nearly all of these have, have exhumed them so i it would be very easy to rule people in or out yeah uh, you can email us on murdermostgruesomepodcast at gmail.com. We are, we've got a few stories of like prowler stories, spooky stories. So please, if you've got one of those and you'd like to hear it read out on a podcast by us, please email us on murdermostgruesomepodcast at gmail.com and we will hopefully be able to read it out. Yep. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Yeah, thank and you. We'll say goodbye. Bye.